down those cards. Cards mean different things at different times. Do you know anything about tarot cards? Oh, Christmas. Gather around, children. Listen to the mystics. <laughs> Journey. Podcast. I'm no mystic. Welcome back to the Mystic Fool's Journey Podcast. I'm Anna, and this is Ruth. Hi. And today we have a special guest, Sasha Graham, tarot expert, best-selling author, and tarot deck creator. For our listeners who are meeting you for the first time, we'd love for you to introduce yourself. Hi, yeah. So first of all, oh my God, thank you for having me. It's totally a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, my name is Sasha Graham, and I am a tarot deck creator. I write tarot books. I'm also a horror actress, and I do live events around New York City. So I do a bunch of stuff, but most people know me, I think, through my tarot decks and tarot books. Yeah. So I and I just I have a brand new deck that just came out called Tarot of the Witch's Garden. Fun. We'll have to check it out. Oh, yeah. I'm super excited because I know we're going to ask you a little bit about your tarot deck creation. And you've got kind of a wide range of like tones between some of your decks, which is always fascinating to me. Yeah. And thank you for calling them tones because they really are complete kind of universes in and of themselves with their own kind of narrative arc and structure. Um, So they do feel kind of like visual novels in a sense. Mm. So what was the catalyst for creating each of these decks? So I had written, I had published a bunch of tarot books and people kept asking me, well, are you going to make a tarot deck? And I'm like, well, no, there's a million tarot decks out there. Like the world doesn't need a new tarot, another tarot deck. And I'm not a visual artist. I'm not like a painter. So why would I do that? It sounded strange. And, um, and then my Italian editor, Ricardo at Los Scarabeo was like, Sasha, you've got to make a deck. Like you just have to. And I'm like, no, no, Rick, I don't. And he's like, Sasha, it is one thing to look at the arcana spread before you. It is yet another to feel it spring out of your soul. And I was like, well, I want to feel you know, so let's, let's do it. That's amazing. Yeah. He really, I mean, it was like, talk about an offer you can't refuse. So, so in, yeah. So in my, the, the way I do my decks is I come up with the idea. I pretty much write the complete, a complete script and universe of where the tarot deck exists. And then once the publisher okays it, we go out and we find the artist to fulfill that vision. Wow, that sounds like a huge undertaking. It is. It is. It's it's exciting and it's scary because, you know, whenever you have something, because tarot is so visual and you have an idea, like I always have a very specific idea in my head of what it looks like. And you all, it's probably like casting a movie, I guess. You want to make sure that you find someone who kind of not only fulfills your vision, but then takes it to their own next level, you know, that adds all their special sauce. Because it's also, it takes a lot, it takes many years to create a deck. You know, I think um, Tarot of the Witch's Garden was the quickest. That was conceived in 2022 in the midst of the pandemic. And now it's 20, so it's three years. That was three years beginning to end. So it's usually a three to four year process. Wow, that's amazing. Were there any like challenges you faced or revelations you've experienced as you've gone through the process of making all these beautiful decks? Well, it's it's definitely more collaborative than just straight up writing a book. Now, and that's collaborative as well because it's never like people, you know, 
I, authors, it seems so solitary and it is, but at the point at which you're working with your editor and you're working with, uh, you know, whoever is, is at your publisher giving you feedback, um, that's definitely like, and it, which is wonderful and, and I'm super grateful for it because um, that's what editors are there for. But when you're uh, working for with a tarot deck, suddenly the pool with which you're, you're working with the artist, you're working with the editor, you're also working with the art director. So you've almost become a project manager. And, and so it becomes this very intimate process going back and forth. Because it sounds like you go really deep into lore. You create, like you said, these mini universes that have their own theme and it's the cards are the players in the story. Um, so it was just like, you know, if you had come across any challenges or, you know, epiphanies <laughs> while you're making these decks. Well, I think the big, well, the big challenge is for myself as an artist, just as a, as a, as a creator, I always am probably more in love with what's in my head than the finished product. So I'm always about like a world of possibility. And so it can be challenging when you're, when you're like, well, this is just it. Like this is, and sometimes it's so exciting. You're like, yes, this is it. But sometimes not, you know, and, and so that is challenging for me. It's challenging to relinquish the bits of control when you're working collaboratively. It's important, but it doesn't make it easy. Um, and yeah, ultimately then letting it go, letting your project go out into the world, you know, and some, some exceed your expectation, some maybe fall short. There's a lot, again, that's out of your control into what the final, final product will look like. But the best part is that it is exciting. And I think the people that vibe with your stuff wind up getting so much out of it. And that's really the whole point of doing what I do, right, is trying to open up space for people to figure out their stuff or go into their shadows and their intuition. And so it's all very exciting, but it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> definitely. I mean, like definitely a catalyst for personal growth, making a tarot deck and you've made it several times over. Um, but with that, you know, we often turn to experts like you for advice and help, but forget that they were once beginners. So we'd love to hear about what your tarot practice looked like as a novice versus now. I'm so glad you asked that question because uh, I teach beginners. I teach a lot of workshops. I do a lot of speaking um, and, and touring around and talking. And the beginner's mindset is your absolute best friend, no matter how long you have been reading tarot. I am like, because you always sit down with the cards in a completely different space. And if you're sitting down with tarot thinking that you know what everything is, you're not going to find discover something new. And the whole point of reading tarot is to discover what we don't know, you know? Um, so first of all, everybody hopefully ideally will be in a blank kind of open space, which is ultimately kind of like pool space. Um, and, and just always be there in order to, to kind of siphon in the best information possible. But as far as what my, oh my God, what my practice looked like when I started, it was all about the boys. It was all about love life for me and my friends and oh my God, and like, oh, what's gonna happen, you know? It was all like the juicy, fun stuff. And not, not, not that a deep spiritual practice is not fun and it can't be incredibly juicy because it is, it's richer for sure. But like, 
I mean, it's kind of like, I feel like it's the difference between, like, you know, when you're with your bestie and like, you've just like stolen your parents' car and you're like 15 or 16, you're driving around in the middle of the night, you know, that high that you're on. I feel like that's what my beginning tarot practice felt like. It was, it was full of endorphins. And that isn't to say that, that, that it's just, it's a different car. It's a different place. Like I very rarely drive around like that with my besties anymore, you know? Um, and so, so it's rich, it's evocative, it's full of wisdom. I mean, it can get, it can get saucy and racy and depending on, on the subject. But I think my biggest surprise was that tarot was going to really give me a template with which how to understand who I am um, as a spirit in the material world. And tarot is so baller because you can, whatever your, whatever your vibe is, whatever your spiritual path or the, the systems that you use or the, uh, the kind of like mythos that you embrace, be it, I don't know, Scientology to Christianity to like Hebraic Kabbalah, you, you can all work it through the tarot. Like that's why tarot is, is so strong. Um, yeah. So I love it. I still love it. <laughs> I love your description. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love what you said about um, embracing the beginner's mindset because so often at all points in your journey, embracing that is such a good key point to, you know, come back to because while that often comes with a bunch of uncomfortable feelings, like, am I doing this right? Is this right? Oh, I feel a little uncomfortable here trying something new. There's also so much beauty in, in, in coming at it from a from a beginner's mindset as well. So I, I love that you pointed that out. Yeah, it's, it's important. And I think that, I think it's also important that people recognize or anybody who's like into tarot or fascinated with tarot, that they understand that, that tarot is a relationship. It, it's a lot of different relationships actually, because there, there's so many things you can learn about yourself with the cards. But if you're someone like, obviously you guys are like me who winds up really having an intense personal relationship with tarot for many decades it's like any other relationship there's going to be highs and lows there's going to be times when you're super like connected to the cards and you're like yes and you get and then there's other times where you kind of fall away you drift apart a little bit and i think that it's important for people to recognize that it's a relationship and um, like any other and not to be hard on yourself, you know, to be gentle because it's the most empowering, intimate, like they're the best conversations you'll ever have with yourself and with a lot of your friends when you're with the cards. So it should be fun. Yes. I love that framing. Well, let's talk about that relationship a bit more. I would love to get into some of the high and lows. Was there any sort of a defining moment for your practice or any turning points for how you use tarot? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would say, uh, I think a big defining point, and this would probably be true for a lot of people who are, who intend to read professionally, um, was the moment that, that big moment where you like accept money for a reading or you put yourself out there um, and suddenly it, it, there's like the financial bit that changes things. Uh, and another huge turning point, massive turning point for me was when I actively started to practice magic ritual. Um, that was a huge game changer uh, because that taught me at the end of the day, like we can all go look at as many books as we want or go on as many spiritual retreats as we want with this teacher or that teacher. But I firmly believe it is that hermit space where you figure out how you operate magically, like what your definition of sacred space is, what 
what unique parts of you are your true magic. I think understanding how I operated that way and then plugging in the tarot bit, that was because then I realized what a powerhouse tarot is. What an incredible system for diving into all these energies to path work, to meditate, to like, I mean, that, yeah, that was the huge game changer. I, it happened right through these walls. <laughs> it happened right, it happened in my kitchen. <laughs> my first spell. My in first. your kitchen, were you, it was like a, it was like an epiphany in your kitchen or like you did, you like found, found the magic com combination of magic and tarot? What is the most magic? I, I'm in this like big farmhouse in the Catskills. I have a million like offices and a library and writing spaces. I wind up writing at my kitchen table. I wind up making, I wind up doing magic spells at my kitchen table. It's just, it's the heart of the house. The kitchen table, it's like this old wooden table. It's got the four corners. It is lit, it's just the center point of where magic in my house happens, which is no mistake, right? It's where everybody's always gathering. Um, so it would be like that. Oh, all the time. <laughs> I feel like we can never get people out of the kitchen when we have gatherings, even if it's the smallest room in the house, because it's it's where the food and the community happen to be. So, of course, it's going to be a place where everybody wants to sit and hang out. Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, I've done so many readings at my kitchen table. Like, it's so funny. I'm famous up here by friends. Or, I can't believe so-and-so has never come over for tea. Like, I, like so many tarot readers, right? Like, I love to stay up late with my candles, like, drinking wine and reading and keeping cards. And, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. You are obviously a storyteller, like the way you describe tarot and your relationship with it and how to use it. And on top of being an actual author, of course, but that seems to be like one of your big approaches. And, you know, you've spoken about how tarot and storytelling go hand in hand to help people like make those new connections. So what advice would you offer to new tarot readers that may feel intimidated by the idea of being a storyteller? Right, you give something a name and suddenly, oh, like it's a name, it's like a, a label. So I think it's important for people, and it's a, it's really important with tarot reading, uh, especially, is that, is that you're already a storyteller. Every single one of us are already storytellers. So calling yourself a storyteller, um, you don't need to be intimidated by that. The, the thing that's empowering and helpful, right, when we're looking at the suit of swords, of course, the scariest suit of the deck, that, that's all articulation. It's all of the ways that we either speak to other people or are speaking to ourselves. And so one of the, the, one of the great kind of takeaways from tarot is that you get to step back from your story or whatever's going on in your head. You know, once you spread, ask a great question and you put the cards in front of you, you get a bit of distance, right? And you can try out all of these different possibilities. And, you know, when you change your story, you change your life. Changing your story is not about like rearranging the facts of like what happened to you or who you are, but it is about adding depth and complexity and understanding all of these different nuanced things. And because at the end of the day, tarot is storytelling. Like when you go to get a psychic reading, they're giving you the story of you. That's why everybody sits there like with eyes wide and ears open. Um, there's nothing more compelling than hearing our story as told by someone else. So yeah, um, embrace, embrace your ability um, to craft new stories and tell new stories um, because 
because it can change your life and, and, and embrace questioning. You know, tarot is built on really powerful questions. And I always say like, ask, if you have something you need in your life, ask it every day like your life depends on it because it does. And I guarantee if you ask tarot every day that same question, you'll get an answer, you know, or if six months are out, you'll have an answer to that question. Yeah, that's so true. Anne and I love to talk about our tarot birth cards. Tarot birth cards are like my favorite topic. And I think in my own personal practice, whenever I'm doing a reading for myself and my tarot birth card pops up, I kind of just reframe the reading and kind of focus in on that and make myself the center once that card pops up. Uh, do you have any favorite tarot cards or any cards that will completely change your reading because they hold personal significance for you? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it changes right right now. I've been, I've been doing this Deepak Chopra archetypal practice where I have three tarot cards that I actively work with every day that I, I'm trying to mine their energy out of myself and I like invite them in. Um, and right now that's the, um, the King of Swords, the Empress and the World card. And so when those, one of those pop up as my card inlet, I'm like, oh yeah, like that. Um, so, I, so it changes, so it changes. So true. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us today and we'll be sure to look out for your brand new tarot deck. Is there anything else where people can find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me at sashagram.com. That's kind of my home base, my website for everything, sign up for my newsletter so you'll get my events and any updates. I'm also Sasha Tarot Diva on Instagram and Facebook and uh, yeah, yeah. So come uh, give me a follow, check me out. Heck yeah, we'll do it up. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, you guys. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.